0: welcome to tabletop totality podcast this is cody speaking and i'm here with steven
1: neil and frank
0: today we are going to be talking about npcs so it's kind of a broad topic but obviously npcs are pretty important to role-playing games not just dungeons and dragons but role-playing games and if you aren't, are unfamiliar with what an NPC is, it's a non-player character. So basically, everything that your dungeon master, or game master controls, every other person. NPCs are how you, really, kind of how you help flesh out your world. They're the people who live in your world. They are the people who can give side quests or interact with your party in some way. NPCs can become allies. They can even end up joining your party sometimes NPCs become players' backup characters. Um, So what we want to talk about today is we want to talk about some of the tips and tricks to navigate using NPCs in in your game. First thing that I would like to bring up is what's called the DMPC, which is when an NPC is used or created and used by a dungeon master or game master. And they basically use it as a character of their own where they are, you know they they can tend to put that character first before the actual players and it's kind of a way for dungeon masters or game masters to be a player as well but it just doesn't it doesn't work it just doesn't work out i find it causes difficulties i find that it takes away the spotlight you know the the camera lens from the actual adventurers and it's really kind of like stroking your own ego a bit because you've made the story and now you're making a character to play, but you also know how the story goes or what's going to come next. So it's just kind of, I don't know. I just think it's foolish. Really. Uh, I've tried to do it before. It doesn't work. How about you guys? You have any, you have any thoughts?
2: If you're going to make a DM PC and you're making them based around the world that you're in, it's like, you might as well just write a book. Might as well just be like, this is the story of, My character, who I made for my world, that is all about my character. Look at how cool my character is. It's like, all right, so you're gonna make a character that you're gonna put into a game. And basically, you're gonna sort of play favorites with this character and make the story about them instead of the players, then write a book about the character that takes place in the world rather than, you know, have your player characters just be like background fodder for your DM PCs. Yeah, and and, and
0: I- That's basically what you're doing. I kind of think that
2: it stems from,
0: I think it stems from the forever DM. You know, I think it's like, it's mm. people that are behind the screen that probably would rather be playing or miss playing. And sometimes that happens. Absolutely. I think a necessity where, where somebody ends up being the DM more often than not. Um, sometimes it's because people actually enjoy what you do and they want you to be the storyteller. They want you to run the game because you know what you're doing or, They enjoy themselves when you're doing it. Um, But really, I just don't think that it works. I I, I just think that it just causes problems eventually, you know? It
1: can it can, if uh, they're not really paying attention to it and they're kind of doing those things that you said. Sometimes uh, a DM might make a character and then they just kind of totally forget about it, which I'm super guilty of. Back when we would play uh, Star Wars campaigns, I would have that one Jedi character that would hang out with you guys and he would never do anything. <laughs> and then randomly he might pop up for two seconds in the middle of a story and then kind of run off again. And you guys are like, whatever. <laughs> Nobody ever paid any attention. And I rarely used the guy cause I had to deal with four crazy players.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, I think the best thing you can do really is to kind of be somewhat in the middle where they're not as important really as your and when i say not as important like the focus of the story the focus of the metaphorical camera eye should not be on the npcs all the time or or really like it, it's about the it's about the players interacting with your world that's what makes the game so for you to kind of interfere you know intervene on that or interfere with it um it's just kind of like shooting yourself in the foot so i think it's nice to have a good balance where sure you can have npcs that have some importance um but i don't think that they should really you know they shouldn't just take over the story so like one of the things i do is either the npc that i'm introducing is either a tier above my player characters where he's stronger or he or she is stronger and more powerful. They're in a a better position than the players. Um, like an arch wizard, you know, would be like a perfect, you know, like a 20th level wizard, uh, meeting a level 10 party. The level 10 party should know this guy is probably not to be trifled with. And then I also like, if I'm going to have like an NPC tag along with the party, I usually have them a level or two lower than than my party minimum, um minimum absolutely to keep it so that they are not you know it, it, if you if you go and you plan like this cool monster encounter and then you end up getting like the killing blow with your NPC because you made like a crazy strong NPC that you just threw into the encounter or you threw in with the party you know like i said before it's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot
1: you know. Yeah,
3: nobody wants Yeah. That. Yeah, so it, it I think it depends on your party dynamic. Like I agree a DM should never be playing a character the same way that they would play a character if they were not the DM. Um because it's not it's not what your job is there for uh as as the dm or the gm you know you're creating this world you're creating this atmosphere to allow these people who are your players to interact with it not your own character does that do i think that takes away like if it was i mean when i first started playing uh D or a lot of these things it was me and one other person so what we would also do is we would both make characters, but we would take different turns DMing. And I mean, I know we've done that as a group. It depends on what type of camp. Like, if you're just doing a sandbox, it's really easy because there's no overarching story. You know, one night or one week, it's, you know, this person's idea of the story, but their character kind of takes a, a back seat. Like, they're still in it, they're still fighting, but they're maybe not making decisions for the group. Right. And I think that's where that breakdown comes. As the DM, you can't you can't try and make decisions with your character to make the, to to allow the party to have an easier time. You know what I mean? You gotta still allow them to troubleshoot. Yeah, you, if you you will. shouldn't
0: you shouldn't solve the problems. Yeah. Or you shouldn't, you know, like the story, your story in your world. There's probably some sort of conflict. It doesn't have to be violent, but there there's probably. Yeah. There's something that needs to be addressed, and for you to make a non-player character that solves that or resolves that problem is really kind of taking away that ability from your players, and it's not allowing them to really experience or affect your story.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Exactly. Now, now, when we were talking about when we were talking about um, d- switching up DMs or playing with limited amount of people, I've done the same thing. I remember when I tried to get some of my cousins to play. I used to make a character to kind of help guide them a little bit um because they were new you know yes. and i feel like i feel like that's mm-hmm. a very big difference between doing that and trying to sneak in a character so that you can play and dm at the same time oh yeah you know and I, I, they're worlds apart um, they are now switching dms that's something that can work but it can also you know cause pitfalls i think we can cover that in another episode really um, but the one time that it really did work pretty well for us is we basically said that there's a timeline, there's a hundred days, and at the end of the hundred days, a Tarasque is going to show up and it's going to try to destroy the world or destroy our world. And we took turns. We were three DMs and we would just, you know, like every other day, you would switch and you were kind of free to do what you wanted to do just so long as that you paid attention to that timeline and to that ultimate goal, the ultimate end goal. So it was kind of sandboxy because it was like, this is an inevitable event. That's going to happen. We can just kind of fill in the blanks in between.
3: Yeah. It just, I just think like, that's one of those things that with an NPC, like, yeah, you don't want to get caught up making this character that ends up being a playable character just for the DM to get out of always maybe being the DM, or maybe it's the person who, really doesn't like to care to be the DM, but they got the short straw. So they were like, oh, I'm going to make this campaign, but hey, here's this NPC that this is, that is of this character that I was always talking about and wanting to play. And now I'm forcing you guys to to play with him. Forcing you guys (laughs) to
0: do the sidekicks on my character's amazing adventure. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of silly because I mean, really, when you think about it, when you are the game master or the dungeon master, you get to play literally everybody else.
3: Anything yeah. and everything.
0: <laughs> everything. Like, your players be like, oh, I'm going to be like a gnome fighter or whatever. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, Sparks McKenzie, Goblin Samurai. Chef. But, goblin yeah, Samurai chef, chef. Goblin Samurai Chef. Correction. Um, give the man his respect, I understand. Yeah. come on. But you don't, like, your players aren't going to get to play a dragon. Your players yeah. aren't going to yeah. get to, you know, play as Asmodeus or whatever, like, you get to do that mm-hmm. so i feel like that's like that's the trade-off you know you're making the world and you get to play all the extras you know you just yeah. can't be the star
3: yeah like here's all your players running around and they're the main star but without that world without that story built like what are you know what are they like
2: <laughs> yeah I mean, nothing. If, so. <laughs> I mean if you create a good enough world then the world could be the star you know exactly it like could shine just as brightly as the player characters yeah but yeah, what? the whole the, oh, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. I was I was gonna say, but like the whole the whole idea is that the players should be sort of the strongest characters in the game because the focus is on them. They're the ones that are trying to overcome your challenges, and that's not to say that you can't throw like really strong stuff at them to you know make have like a bigger challenge for them. But like to that extent, there shouldn't really be any. Characters that are really more powerful than them that are really acting on anything in the world. So that should sort of be your focus when you're coming up with DMs or uh, with a uh, uh, with NPCs is um, coming up with characters that can be strong but aren't as powerful as your or as versatile as your players. I disagree. Like, player I cool.
1: disagree entirely. So yeah, I mean, you have to let them know that they. For the story, they are the strongest part, one hundred percent. But yeah. the characters themselves, it's all just you know numbers on a piece of paper. So
0: well, I don't even yeah. you know, I don't I not even like to think of it so much as as like strength is like I keep saying it's it's focus, you know. Yes, like, there can be a stronger wizard in your game. There could be a stronger fighter in your game, but the focus shouldn't be on them. Yeah, absolutely. and if they if they play a part in your story, then that's fine. They're in that part and if your players interact with them, then that's okay. But like your the story is about the adventures in your world mm-hmm. and or- the adventures. I, I don't think that they're now. I don't understand. That, like fifth edition is supposed to be like a little bit lower magic than, than other editions. Like the, the magic supposed to be a little bit like, I, I think that comes down to like your world too, because if, if your world and everybody has magic, you know what makes your character special, you know right. your 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 character, your adventure is supposed to be special. Yeah, and I think maybe that's more what Steven was getting at. Yeah, yeah that, that's kind of what I meant. There has to be something that sets them apart from the regular run of the mill society. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I think
3: I feel like that. What we're what we're really talking about there is the the overarching drive of the characters right so an npc shouldn't have the drive to want to solve this overarching theme right because only only your heroes are really trying to do something about that and not everybody is a hero or they may want
1: to but they don't have the resources like the players do.
3: exactly so this is where you can play with maybe all right you're just doing a little side quest and there's a pit fight or something that people can be a part of and you one of your players goes hey we have a night off i'm gonna join i'm gonna enter this or you know there's a strongman competition and it's a festival and it's one of the down times i your players decide we're gonna all enter this it's gonna be really fun that's when you break out that npc who might be yeah. <laughs> you know a little bit more powerful yeah. but You still allow for options for a player to to win, but maybe, you know, the odds aren't in their favor. So that right there shows them, all right, there are stronger people in this world. There are people that if I fought in combat, I would die to. But they don't have the same drive. They don't know what's going on out there or they really don't care. They're like, hey, this is my life and this is where I'm at. You know what I mean?
0: Well, that's kind of like we, we said before, like, you know if you're an adventurer like you probably didn't have like the best like home life or you know like there has to be yeah. some reason why you've chosen to travel through a dangerous world and you know there, there, there has to be some cause I, I think mm-hmm. if you're a successful business owner and you're happily married you have a bunch of kids you know are you going to want to go and fight gnolls probably not
3: No, you'll pay somebody for that. Right. (laughs) Well,
1: well, my one character, Fonkin, you know, when his oldest child of, I think he had, what, 52 or 58 kids? A lot of kids. Yeah. So when his oldest finally, you know, got out of the house, he decided, well, it's time for me to go out into the world once again. (laughs) And then he went out the door. (laughs) Yeah. He he did die a terrible death, but that's all right. It was terrible.
0: but It happens. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. He lived a good we life. all a Few of us died <laughs> terrible deaths in that campaign, but you know it happens. Yeah. It
0: does happen. So, so yeah. uh, probably another another point I'd like to bring up too on the NPC front is, you know, we we mentioned this term before. We actually said fodder, and I don't believe that NPCs should just be fodder for your, you know, for your murder hobo party, like. I feel like that cheapens and I feel like it cheapens the game. And I also feel like it takes away from your story and from your world. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like NPCs have to have, like, they're, they're supposed to be real people or real, you know, like they, they should have a background. And now I'm not saying that you have to sit there and you have to write out a background for all these people. But if you're going to have somebody like explicitly dealing with your party like somebody comes running through the woods yelling help, help, help for the party. You should have some idea of who's this, who this person is, uh-huh. you know, what, what are their motivations, things like that. What do they really care about? Yeah. And Neil, what you were saying before, you were talking about how, you know, maybe the NPC doesn't have, you know, they don't have the resources or they want to solve one part but not the overarching theme of what's going on. And I feel like that is also because of, like if if I could use an example from the game that we're playing now, like your party, the party you guys are in, has continually traveled through the countryside and they've been to all these different cities and met all these different people and they've picked up on the patterns. They've seen the things that are happening. Whereas, you know, Mungo Johnson from Two Forks, uh, the little, little farming village, you know he he doesn't know anything outside of of his his farm you know yeah. and yeah so they could still have a role to play they could still be very much a part of your story but they don't necessarily see the whole picture you know they're a puzzle piece but they don't see the whole picture
1: yeah and that's i feel a, like that's, that's a good way to think
0: about it i feel like that's important is make your npcs have value you know make them have an existence and and give them some sort of, you know, make them, I, I, I feel like the more in-depth, the more real you make them, the more amazing your world becomes, you know? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it, you know, it's just kind of lame when it's like. Yeah, every NPC you meet is a jerk, or every NPC you meet just loves you, oh, or, or they
1: just don't trust you no matter what. And every right. village you go to, and it's like, man, I'm you know level fifteen. Like y'all should know who I am, or have heard of me, or something by now. Yeah,
0: yeah, you would you would at least know that I'm you know a magic user, or I'm yeah. like a fearsome warrior, or I'm a
1: or, you know I I protect every village I've gone to and why don't you, why haven't you heard of me yet? You know, where I've been to this village three times and you've been a dick every time. Like,
3: yeah, yeah. I helped out this village and done a couple of things, but yet I I still, I still can't get a question answered.
1: Yeah. I think, (laughs) I think that's where a lot of DMS lose it because they keep using the same things that you see in movies. And it's like, sure. First couple of levels traveling around from village to village, People may just, like, blow you off. Like, ah, you're just like the rest of us. But once you start doing a lot of things, they should have heard of you. They may not know it's you, but also your gear is going to start to be a little bit different. If you, you know, have been in a lot of battles, your armor is going to be dented up, scratched. You know, it's going to look like you're a battle-hardened warrior. So I highly doubt that, you know, Mungo to use Cody's example is going to come up to you and try and start a fight when you're level six and you have a magical sword that can cleave his head off you know
0: yes and, and <sighs> I feel like that's a that's a great point Frank because you know if if I picture like a small little hamlet like a small little farming hamlet you know people's implements that they have to protect themselves are probably farm tools axes mm-hmm. maybe spears maybe bows for hunting things like that Yep. If you show up at magical dwarven plate with like a flaming sword, yeah. you know. A pegasus. The, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like the average person isn't like, they could be distrustful of you because they could be like, you have magic. You have all this crazy stuff that is outside of my realm of, you know, outside of my little pond, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. um, that's like that fear of the unknown, you know. Or they could just immediately be like, wow, this this is somebody that could help us. You know, this is somebody that we could perhaps hire, you know?
1: Yep. Especially when, you know, you have a wizard or somebody doing some crazy stuff. Or, you know, like I said, you have a Pegasus, something like that, that people are looking to say, all right, we can trust them. Let's go. Let's let's get their help. Let's do this stuff. And they're just going to probably approach at that point. Like, they're going to, you know, hey, we, you know, who are you? I'm blah, blah, blah from, you know, et cetera. So... Eventually, you do have to give up on a lot of the cliches that you're going to see in movies and whatnot. Every time your characters go, like your players go into a bar, you don't need to have a bar fight. Trust me, they can just go in there, hang out, hatch out a plan and go and do it and you don't have to have anything happen in the bar sometimes it doesn't mean
0: that you can't throw a bar fight at them doesn't mean you can't <laughs> because sometimes it's fun <laughs> sometimes
1: yeah it can be very interesting uh, yeah <laughs> until they you know they go in there nothing's happening they
2: decide to burn the place down with everybody in it and one of them's a paladin oh, anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway all right, so so I was going to say, like, um, going off of what Cody was saying about making um, NPCs, not making NPCs feel like fodder, um, it's, it's sort of important to have, like, some NPCs, like, locked away. And a tip that I heard about creating NPCs that I thought was really interesting is, like, so, so a very simple way to make an NPC is you come up with a name, you give them a personality, like, a very simple, like, one-word personality, and then you give them, like, a defining, like, physical trait, and that's it and then you build from there. And that's that's I think is a really good and simple way to have a whole bunch of NPCs in your back pocket to just pull out at any point and just use them and it it makes them feel, you know, unique and, you know, you can you can do whatever you want with them after a certain point. Like they could be distrusting at first or they could be scared of your of your characters or or they could love your characters and grow to hate them when they find out what jerks they are or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> It, it all depends on how you play. Uh, part of the job of the, of the GM is also to um, to play off of your players and sort of um, make your NPCs act accordingly towards how your characters treat them, how your players treat them, and, and how they form like uh, a bias towards or against your players. And that's kind of an important part of it too, yeah. is just doing that.
0: No, I, yeah. I think you, you brought up good points, and I think the. Um... Like that little cheat sheet would be very helpful, especially if you, as a game master or storyteller, whatever you want to call it, um, <clears throat> for whatever game you're playing. Um, if you struggle with coming up with things on the fly, if if you're if you're not very comfortable with the improvisation aspect of it, that is a great way to to really kind of cover your your ass a little bit, you know, yeah. to have like your your folder full of NPCs, um, you know, to help you out.
3: Yeah, I mean I'd even I'd even argue, you know, not every not every NPC needs to be thoroughly thought out. Like a lot of people put pressure on, oh, I need to make sure this NPC has, you know, everything thought out to it and it, just, you know, sometimes I always felt like sometimes I just roll a die, all right, it's a, uh, you know, put the races on what it is. All right, it's a halfling and we're just gonna run from there and just yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, and sometimes,
1: sometimes... best NPCs yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah,
0: I was just about to say that. Exactly it. It. Yeah, um, some of the NPCs that I've just like completely pulled out of thin air are the ones that my players are like, can we go back and see that person? <laughs>
3: yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, geez, <laughs> like that's when it gets <laughs> to you. But uh, like sometimes that makes like that non-pressure or, oh, I need to make a really cool NPC and you're working on it and you do it. And like, yeah, it still can come out really cool. And I'm not saying every NPC should be done off the cuff but don't be scared to just oh they want to interact with somebody random all right i'll give them somebody random. <laughs> you know what i mean so it's 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 one of those things that as you know as that storyteller you have a lot of other things that you can spend your time on than creating every npc possible um to make sure everything's flushed as a story
0: yeah, and I, I think mm-hmm. that's a, I think that's a big part of, I think that's a big part of your role as the dungeon master or or the game master, is when you're telling this story, you don't have to tell everything. Yeah, and I feel like that kind of helps, I feel like that helps get players more involved, and it could also lend like a little bit of mystery, like to like your NPC even, where you don't explain everything about this person. You don't really have to give away all of their motivations. You know, Mm -hmm. this person is interacting with you because they need something from you or they want something from you. And it could be something more than that. It could be just that, but don't, you don't have to give everything. And that's something that I'm having a lot of fun with in my current game because I'm playing around with, with different time ages of my world where people where my player characters are interacting with things from different times and they're kind of piecing together the events of the past, you know, and that's, that's a lot of fun. And I think that it's, you know, that's a good thing you can do with your NPCs is maybe not have them just be so forthright with, with all information, you know, you you shouldn't just like every village you go to like the same type of NPC comes running up and just gives you a rundown of yeah. everything that's going on.
1: Well, the castle over there was built in 1862. Yeah,
2: exactly. Give a wish.
1: The first guy that came in there was Archduke something something. And then they go through the whole lineage and it's like, all right, uh, okay. <laughs> Most people don't care. And if they yeah, do yeah. care, you know, they'll ask questions and then you can make it up on the fly. And you it's
0: it's just easy around. enough to just go, hey, you know what? Yeah, this, this guard that you interacted with at the fort, yeah, he was a real dick. But his father is a very important noble in the town. You know? Mm-hmm. You don't have to sit there and be like from the line of kings back before the ages of ice and storm. You I mean, know, that would it's be just like yeah, cool no, like <laughs> his his father is a noble and he's a spoiled rich kid, and that's yeah. why he acted that way to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? but,
1: but also if you're gonna do stuff like that, make sure you put identifying features that will show the players that like if it's just some random you know guard standing there it's it's not really it's gonna be like all right well these guards are dicks if it's a guard with you know a few rings on his hand and maybe a necklace and well dressed dressed. you know very well dressed underneath
0: ornate sword or something and
1: then it's like okay well is he a captain well he's definitely not a captain yet but he's you know it looks like he's being groomed or he's very well put together that they'll start to piece it together on their own and you don't need to explain anything no, yeah, yeah, and, no, I, and I feel sure. like that's—I
0: feel like that's an important part of, like, you know, the NPCs, like we said before, like they really are how you get to verbally interact interact with your with your players. You know, outside of being the dungeon master, you get to speak through your NPCs, speak through your world. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when your players show up like one of the things we always do when we get to a new place is somebody goes, Hey, have I been here before? Yeah. You know? And then we usually roll for, it or we consult their backstory and we try to figure out if this person knows anything about this place. And then we usually get people, everybody does their roles for history or whatever to try to figure out what they know. And I just give people pieces of things. And I feel like that's how your NPC should be too. Like it's that same mentality of, They're puzzle pieces, but they're not the whole picture. Yeah. Like, and they shouldn't just be able to come up to you and be like, "Yep, this is how you beat the game." Yep. Yeah. You know.
1: Yep. Also, don't don't fall in the pit trap of doing every single like if you're playing Call of Cthulhu or any kind of game with a horror element that every character should be distrusted. You know, some. Or killed. Yeah, some keepers and DMs, GMs, etc will actually, you know, the first time they're like, "Oh, well, and then the NPC will betray the party." And then they don't trust anybody after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that's, first that's first time. One. Yeah, yeah, first time maybe they should be able to trust whoever it is and, you know, like second, third, maybe fourth campaign in, then you can have a distrusting one. So they know that for the most part, most NPCs can either be trusted or you
3: know know what they're about, you know, you know, if they're going to betray you or, you know, if they're trustworthy. Um, But yeah, definitely. Some of the NPCs
0: that, you know, some of the NPCs that your group is running into or has interactions with were NPCs that when you first met them, you were kind of on the opposite side of the table from them. Oh yeah. Like you, you, you both realized that you were trying to, to fix a situation, but, like when I talk about like Boar, um, Stonefist, you yeah. know, he was very headstrong and he was convinced he was going to do something very stupid. And the party basically stopped him from doing that. And now he's become like you're probably one of your most powerful allies. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. It's, it's, it, that's also like a really cool thing. Have development with your NPC. So if they do save somebody or they do have an interaction, now it's a positive light where maybe if they didn't do anything and that npc did go on and do whatever it did it wouldn't negatively like negatively impact geez i can't even speak right now impact the party but uh now they don't have that benefit so they stay net neutral you know what i mean where if they did go out and they kind of went went away from their story a little bit to help some npc don't just be like oh that's nothing you know now you, you got your reward or whatever it was from it sometimes a reward yeah you can get like a little bit of coin but now if they come back into that village they should have an easy person of confidence.
0: The real reward is the friends we make along the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, uh... even our our whole last session was basically the 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 result of an NPC that you guys had met almost like a year prior. Yeah. That you took an interest in and and learned about him and learned that his kid was missing or, or was being held hostage. And now you've found yourself where this kid's being held hostage and you guys just went out and broke him out. Yeah. You know, and that was an NPC that I just kind of threw into a um a downtime event that turned out where the party was like, no, like we're interested. We want to help this person and we wanna, you know, we made a whole other mission out of it. Yeah. Um, one thing
1: yeah. that I think people don't seem to do because they get in the game mindset of oh well it's just a game so certain things don't you know don't have as much weight take yourself out of the game for a minute and think about a situation like you just said the kidnapping thing for a, a real life family that is a huge traumatic you know like life altering for multiple people event yeah, so absolutely. within game, if that's happening and if it was just like a throwaway line, like, oh, yes, my son was kidnapped and it's either in a downtime or in a game. And then they find that that kid and bring them back, let's say a year, two years later or whatever, even though that may seem in the game like a small thing, because, oh, there's this big overarching campaign like that word's going to get around, man. People are going to be like, yo, those guys and they'll
3: they will be know. more trusting, uh, you know, it, yep. it gives you that, that easy footing as a party to, to gain allies. Absolutely.
0: Well, it's it's a, the, yeah. it's the policy of winning hearts and minds. Yeah. It, it's getting your boots mm-hmm. out on the ground and going to a village and being like, Hey, we're going to fix things. And mm-hmm. I'm going to give a shout out right now to uh, our buddy, Chris. But when, when he plays a cleric, like basically every time we show up somewhere, he's like, okay, I'm going to go find sick people. Or I'm gonna go find somebody that's wounded.
1: Yep.
0: Or I'm I'm gonna go see what church or temple I can go help out in.
1: Yep. It's the little things that carry the most weight, you know, because I find you know with work and stuff like that, a big problem is a problem that you know everybody can kind of put their head together and you can usually get over it. Really, you know, with some struggle, but you'll get over it. But it's the little stuff that's gonna slow you down the most, and then that. You know, usually you learn the most from either failing or succeeding at those little things. And that's the same in, you know, events like this. Even though it's a small thing, these events, you know, kidnap person or what have you, or, you know, revenge, etc. Those things are going to be very impactful on the world. And also, uh, to add on to that, a good thing to do would have like traveling bards and stuff like that. And that can help get the word around too. And even hirelings, like they're going to talk about you after you... You let them go. Yeah, And yeah, they and that's,
3: should. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the other thing is you know we didn't mention that, but NPCs is you know like hirelings, you know just because you are a wealthy adventurer or you're brave or you can cast spells, like doesn't mean that somebody's gonna let you just abuse them or yeah or you know talk shit about <laughs> them and like I've always kind of keep I've always kind of kept that mentality of like loyalty, you know. Or like if an NPC if I determine that an NPC is an ally of my party um you know I I always as a dungeon master or the game master try to maintain a count on their loyalty and depending on what players do you know depends on whether or not that that NPC is gonna help them or, or gonna stick around you know and I, I feel like that's a good that's uh, a good system because it makes them more. You know, i feel like it makes them more real you know
2: yeah
0: uh, and that's absolutely. that's a point that frank had just made about you know like we said like um you know with the the missing kid like yeah that's a that's a huge life-altering traumatic event and like on the bigger scale if you're talking about like the end of the world or you got some crazy scenario like tiamat's gonna come back or something like I, yeah, I get it that the players are probably more concerned with that, but when they show up to you know that little tiny town and they meet that family, like, you know that's that's that family's world, you know. And so I feel like that's a that's important to kind of you don't have to flesh everybody out every single person out, but you should try to put them. Somewhat in a at least a realistic setting and even though that sounds odd because you're playing a fantasy game or make believe game, but it lends to i guess like the credibility of of your world, you know
2: yeah, yeah, and also sure.
1: like in let's use d and d for an example on this one, I give a peasant a gold coin like whoa. <laughs> for real if you really think about that that is huge that's a ton of money for a peasant to have and then you know whereas like let's say in like a star wars system like credits like everybody deals with credits it's more or less kind of designed sort of like today's day and age like you know the quantity is really going to have a huge shift but giving somebody a ship that's a huge move like Mm -hmm. now that they can do all sorts of different things and they don't need all those things. And thinking about how small things not only will impact the world, but can also add flavor and even help the PCs later. Like that there's, There is a lot to keep in mind. You don't have to put it all on your plate and think about everything. But small acts like that should carry some weight.
3: Should carry some weight, just maybe not in your overarching storyline. Like, it's not going to stop Tiamat from yeah. coming back because you saved this kid. Yeah. Um, when the hobo yeah.
1: comes out of nowhere and hits him with a stick, you know?
3: Yeah, <laughs> and back, and Tiamat's out of there. She's yeah, just yeah. banished to another realm like, in prison. The
0: hobo stick of banishment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, exactly. with like the, the polka dot little, you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah, handkerchief
0: so, yeah. with like and, beans in it <laughs> yeah and you know but
3: it also it also should aid your characters with dealing with another town's npcs or um you know maybe you do get this back and they're like yeah, anytime you need a place to rest i you have my place and you also got my cousin you know gefilte down the road will <laughs> <laughs> and he'll he'll let you stay there too, and maybe that's the next town you're going to.
1: go old yeah. from Gefilter. Yep, exactly. Yeah, uh, being able to go to another town and they already have something set up like that's huge too. Or they give you a note yeah. like, bring this when you go to the next town. Bring this with you. Find my cousin, and they they'll they'll house you. And if you do the same thing, like if you're if they invest back into the world, the NPCs should be able to you know. Do the same. Yeah. Show that to them and also help them out. And you may end up creating a loyal NPC for everybody that. Everybody's like, oh, that guy, like he's coming with us. You're holding my torch, dude. Like, let's deal with this. And that's always fun too. Once in a while, like another thing to think about is the opposite though. Is okay. You just gave this random peasant a gold coin. Now this thief or this bad person saw that and now their life is at risk because you intervened, gave somebody something that they did not earn. And now they're a target.
0: Yeah. You're, you're, you're making ripples, you know, basically every, you know, that, that's kind of why I think that's kind of how I, I tend to DM a little bit is, I set the scenario and depending on, you know, everything that happens, every interaction causes something, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's just, like I said, like just trying to make it a little bit more realistic. Like even, even though it is a fantasy game or there are fantasy games and you're role playing, it helps to, to flesh that out a little bit more. Um, even to the point where like you guys were saying about having like NPCs that have like distinguishing um, markers about them. Maybe they have a scar or a tattoo. You know, one of the interactions that Neil you had with your character um, a few weeks ago, you knew kind of how to disarm a situation. There was, there was a melee taking place in a bar and Neil's character was able to diffuse it because he understood aspects of their culture. Yeah. Because he took the time to learn about it. <laughs> you know, as a character, yeah. he took the time to learn about it. Yeah. And so he was able to speak to them in their own language and say, hey, I understand what you're trying to do here, but this isn't the way. And really stopped a lot of bad things from happening.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know? it's, it's one of those things that here, here my character always tried to – Figure out more about the culture, figure out to somehow to try common to try to find the common ground to connect to the people because he's he's very much uh, a character that is trying to get out of the oh, I come from this area, that person comes from that area, we're at war with each other and that's how it's going to be. So that that was like a really cool aspect where I've learned these aspects about the world or NPCs. I've seen branding techniques from one culture and here now we're down in this other culture and there's somebody who was kicked out from the, the other half and now I can know why. It, it, and now I, I had that understanding that was kind of where like you get that payback for doing the little things in the world's. Because now you know. You know you, yeah.
2: Now yeah, great... having, yeah, Yeah. That was a great Yeah. Having developed having developed NPCs like really fleshes out your world a lot in that way. Like you it could have it could have just been you walk in the bar, you see all these people fighting, and you go, Well, time to take out my sword and join in the fray, but instead you made it way Get more some! interesting. Yeah, yeah you, made it, you made it way more interesting and you and you created, you know, some allies even through, you know, just understanding the world because of your interaction with these NPCs and yeah. you know, that's that's a very cool way to do it and you know, by having very good NPCs, you can you can really make that happen by really understanding about your characters the characters that are in the world that aren't the player characters and really fleshing out the world it's like a sign of a well-crafted world when you can have uh npcs that have a lot of variety to them and a lot of personality even at a smaller scale like that and have a lot of differentiation and having players understand that and then use that is makes for a much more interesting game than, oh, we're just going to go and, and slash and burn everything yeah. because, you know, we're so strong, we, can, we just can, you know. it's That's that's not how people act, you know. That's not how, you know. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, there, there are people like that, obviously, but oh, I, I, I yeah. also think that, I think that's part of, I think that's part of the importance of making good, believable NPCs is that they inherently have more value. Yeah, yeah when sure. you make NPCs that are mm-hmm. valuable, I feel like you're gonna have you're gonna run into less of that
1: Murder
3: kind home, of
0: wantonly running around <laughs> slaying and you know everything, burning everything. Yeah, not I I'm not saying that that's that's gonna that's not gonna stop it from happening no, because no. sometimes people show up and that's just what they want to do and that's you know whatever that's their thing. They want to blow off steam, fine, and that but that's a you know that's that's really a session zero kind of topic. Yeah. When yeah. you know you sit down there with your players and you say, "Hey, listen, this is the type of game we're playing," you know, and I I made it apparent in this last go round for me, I was like, "It's going to be difficult and it's going to be story driven."
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know, one of the things that like if your players don't do not want to deal with all of these different types of story elements, like it is a cooperative game, you know, even if you are running these games. You do have to take their criticism. So like if they're just like, hey, I want to go around and just destroy everything. Like, you you, you know, try and find a middle ground if you can, but you're not always going to have it your way. You know, St. Mickey D's. Uh, but one thing that I've done in the past when I had some murder hobos, and this actually helped flesh out the world a little bit more, and it's more of a realistic thing that NPCs will do that can help out is a character, let's say Neil's character kills a guy in a bar fight, there's going to be a wanted poster. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. people are going to come after you. Yeah. You know, and that should not be you know denied like too often in these games like people forget that there are consequences for the players actions even though it's just an NPC right yes, yes.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I feel like that that is a you know that's a furtherance of our whole argument that we're saying is like you don't have to get down to the nitty gritty of every detail but making these things making these npcs a little bit more believable a little bit more valuable you know so that when you get that that player that wants to hey i want to go run through the countryside and just burn every village i come across okay well you can attempt to yeah you know but here's the things that are going to happen afterwards
1: the lords of the land are not going to let you just
0: do that right when they call their banners and they come ride you down with 500 knights
2: you know yes that's what you get And, and alternatively, if you do have a player that's just like, I'm going to go kill everyone I come across, you can have sort of the opposite happen where like they're, they go into a town they're like, yeah, I'm going to find like the first person that I find, I'm going to, I'm just going to do terrible things to them okay well the village heard that you were coming so they all abandoned it so there's no one here for you to fight there's no one here for you to kill (laughs) you got a bad
0: reputation dude yeah exactly (laughs) and even
2: and and it's like and even if you're like well i'm gonna go kill all these orcs these orcs are whatever and you kill a whole band of orcs well now the orcs are gonna be like the orc killer is coming we need like we can handle everything else but we can't handle the orc killer we got to get out of here so the so now you're not you're not letting the players do like get away with all this wanton murder that they want to get away with because that's not what you that's it's kind of railroading it's kind of preventing your players from playing the way that they want but it's like if that's if all they want to do is just run around and destroy your world and kill everything and and not play the story then like punish them a little by preventing them from just you know being able to do it (laughs)
1: yeah
2: exactly
3: or even getting supplies, because eventually that person is going to need supplies. But they murdered twelve villages, and now they're at the thirteenth, and they're like, "Ah, oh, I'm not going to murder this one. I'm just going to buy supplies." And they're going to either, you know, hike All up guys. their prices, or they're going to be like, "Ah, oh, we know what you did. You know, those last twelve villages. You should just leave, or yeah. you're going to get arrested."
1: Yeah. Or to <laughs> bounce off of what Steve said before, uh, they could just pull a Russia, like. As yeah, you burn. guys yeah. keep coming in, they burn <laughs> burn everything down that they can't carry, and then you're gonna start running out of supplies. And meanwhile, every you know all these bands are getting together and attacking you. So you're running out. The players are running out of resources. They're getting their butts whooped, and sooner or later they're gonna get taken. Like they're gonna lose, and it yeah. will happen. Thinking to real world things is definitely a, a beneficial thing, especially with your NPCs you know you don't need to have everything super realistic like you don't have to have a physics engine running while you're doing this but (laughs) (laughs) which that is if you you do that's impressive impressive. (laughs) well yes but you also kind of break the whole point of the game to begin with it is a a game to all all these games are there to be played have fun do your thing you like i said though you do need to sit down with the players you know we've said this a couple times you sit down with everybody figure out what's going to happen if they want to run a murder hobo campaign, then you know you do have to kind of give it to them.
0: Yeah, you I can't
1: mean, play by yourself. Then you're just you writing a book.
0: Well, and, and I feel like, I feel like that's the you know that's kind of the agreement between the player and the storyteller is like, you know, you both are agreeing to play a cooperative game at some point, but you should never let somebody. You know, you should never let like if there's like one player that wants to run around the countryside and just be a menace. Oh, take them out! And it, and like it's ruining the fun of the rest of the group. Like, you know, they they have to cooperate a little bit too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that's why I feel like it's very helpful to like we said before have that session zero to say this is the style of game I'm playing. This is the world I've made. You know, and these this is the kind of things that can go on. You yeah. know, like. They mm-hmm. should understand before they decide, like, I'm going to go torch this town that this is owned by a very important noble with a large army, yeah. you know, and yeah. who doesn't take well to that sort of thing. Yeah, And know? also
1: um, when you're bringing in new players, sitting them down for the like before they even get to play, have them just watch one night, you yeah. know. This way they see how the game is run. And then A, you can tell if they're just gonna keep interrupting you every five seconds. B, they see how the other players are doing things, and then they're gonna kind of hopefully lean in and yes and them once they start to play. And they're also gonna realize, hey, oh, i can't just go around murdering any npc i want because there are you know things will happen and that that can mitigate a lot of problems right there you know you're bringing in a new person they see all this stuff and then you you know after you guys are done playing everybody talks about stuff and then you can kind of read that playing like, all right yeah you can come in and join us now and you know then they have their character ready and then they'll interact with the world correctly yeah and not so much be that one you know rogue player that's going around just trying to kill everything and
2: I mean or the, or they won't
1: act correctly and or then they, they get
2: punished <laughs> or so they get punished for it you know like you got to you got to you got to understand the people of the world that you're playing in and you got to understand what the rules are and you know cuz that's the whole thing NPCs create the rules of the game of the world you know they're they're an extension of the of the GM and you know if that's if if the GM wants to play the world a certain way and wants the people of the world to be a certain way, then they're going to be that way. And, you know, if the, if the player characters can't understand that, or, you know, they, they refuse to obey those rules, then there's going to be consequences. Yep. And there should be.
0: Yeah. And I I just, I feel that, you know, I think that goes back to in one of our earlier podcasts, we talked about, like, you know, you never want to make somebody uncomfortable or, you know, that, that goes both ways, you know, for the, for the dungeon master, the game master Mm -hmm. and, and the player. Um, you know, if if you're gonna play a very realistic medieval war torn place, you know medieval warfare was awful, and oh, yeah. uh, some of the things that they did to you know the um, what they did to their common folk were was even worse.
3: I guess I guess the the biggest overarching thing that we're all kind of saying is you create these tropes with your NPC. It's like oh across the board. And there's things that you should really look into carrying through your world because that's gonna what like kind of dictates how your player characters interact with your NPCs. Yeah. Um so it goes to that whole thing that we were talking about before where I I was playing a character, I knew this aspect, and now we met NPCs in a different area who were going to act the same, but it was going to hurt them now in this area and they wouldn't be respected, but I could easily reason with them. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's aspects like, yeah, you, you bring out these NPCs and your your party meets tens of hundreds of NPCs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and granted, you know, out of maybe all of those tens of hundreds, they maybe remember only 10 of them because <laughs> yeah. they're your are you they're highlight npcs but they're all gonna paint a similar picture with those puzzle pieces right you know and that's and that's kind of what we've all talked about and that's just always something i feel like i've kept in mind i know we you guys have also kept it in mind anytime we're running a a situation like that you know we're we're gonna make these NPCs, but we're all we're gonna have this overarching theme that carries through every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little different, <laughs> but that's yeah. that's the best way to do it, I think.
1: Yeah, and also making sure that they're made for the type of game that you're playing. So yeah, if you're playing like like a Dungeons and Dragons or a Legendary Adventure or anything like that, make sure that they are medieval based or like that they they do live in the world you know you wouldn't have a star wars style character living in that kind of environment it wouldn't make sense you know Mm -hmm. then the same if you're playing a star wars game or playing call of cthulhu or anything like that you know you're going to be setting an era so make sure that they live in that era and they're not pulling out you know movie references every 13 seconds you know because they can can get kind of at first it's kind of funny but then you know there's only yeah. so much back to the future you can take before <laughs> you do end up killing the npc or something <laughs> terrible like that yeah you know so making sure that you know it, it's a balancing act just like anything else in any role playing game you have to give and you have to take you have to yes and each other you have to you know work together so the yeah. only way it's going yeah. any of it's going to happen and yeah npc's are going to outnumber The players, they're going to have a lot to do in the world, but that's how you're going to tell the story. You're going to show them. You're going to tell them. You're going to influence the parties. You're going to do things. Mm -hmm. As a game runner, as a storyteller, use them. They are one of the best tools in your toolbox. You don't need to be giving away fancy equipment. You don't need to be doing anything crazy. All you literally have to do is just have cool characters. They don't all have to be cool. Some can be really boring. Really lame. You just, you just need to have a diverse cast, and you yeah. don't need fancy uh, voices. No, you know, not all of them have to talk like this. They could, you could just use your normal voice, man. I really
2: hope not all of them talk like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you can talk normal. You can. They can all live. They can all be different characters. They can all live different lives. And you, you're bringing a lot into the game you're placing it in front of the players let them interact with it let them succeed let them fail have a good time with it they are your best tool in your toolbox hands down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. absolutely all right yep. well i think that about covers everything does anybody else have anything they want to say about npcs i think we covered it man
3: you know you're gonna have your bad and your good and just have fun yeah. <laughs>
1: Now, there are hirelings. You can hire uh, NPCs to help. Usually they're going to come at a cost. uh, If you're going to have hirelings or something like that, the party should be giving them a cut of whatever they're going after. They're going to ask questions. I'm not down for, uh, you know, some people want to get super realistic, super nitty gritty. Sure. Cool. Go for it. There is no need for you to be paying a death tax if they die. Like for real. <laughs> hey, it I depends
3: know. what it depends what world you got set up, man. Well, here's
1: the thing: <laughs> if you're gonna do that, it it should all happen before you hire them. Yeah. So they give it to their family. All right. Anything happens, like that's a retainer right there. Yeah. You know, Daddy doesn't come back, or mommy doesn't come back, or whatever. Or Here your you child go. doesn't
3: come back.
1: Your, yeah, or your kid doesn't come back. <laughs> at least it's covered, you know, in some way. Yeah. You don't need to be doing any of that crazy stuff. If you, you give them a cut, like, all right, 10% of any major treasure we find. That's yours or something. They're, well, and that's, they're a part of the group at that point.
3: And that's where that loyalty count that Cody was talking about. He does a really good job with that. Um, He's done it with several of our NPCs, you know, like who are traveling with the party. You know, to a point, they're only going to take so much shit. And then if they're getting questioned or somebody gives them better money to do something, they're going to go for that. Because they're like, what am I really getting being with these people? They treat me like trash and just make me shovel manure
1: all day. Absolutely. (laughs) And another thing that you need to to, uh, take into account is if you do have an NPC like that running around, I don't advocate Stealing from parties and whatnot, but if the parties are being really disrespectful to them, and they go to sleep and they're going to leave that night, they might take a horse, they might take yeah. a chest of gold, they might just jet. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It would really suck if they couldn't find them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they just hear stories about the oh, this guy came in with his horse, and the horse was really well behaved. There's a yeah. huge chest. He was just handing money out. Like he warned us about you. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, now maybe... you have to
3: convince all these NPCs that no, that didn't, that wasn't what
1: happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, so it's a really... I don't know. There's,
3: there's just so many options, and I feel like a lot of people get tied into just trying to do what is expected. And D and D's, or even Call of Cthulhu, or or Star Wars. All of the, the reason why we play these is to experience the. The unexpected, right? Mm -hmm. We we want to be in this different immersion of life, yeah. So
1: just just mess with it. (laughs) Have a good time. Have a good time, you know. Exactly. Um, I'm sure we're gonna probably end up doing a part two to this because there's still a lot to be covered, and I know we didn't cover it all. Um, But there are resources out there in different books and different games. Uh, I know D&D, there's an entire section dedicated to NPCs and how to run them in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Call of Cthulhu, there's definitely a section on running the NPCs. Any role-playing game, there should be one. And
3: our website will have uh, some ideas and some NPCs already
1: created that you can uh, take and use. Absolutely. Another thing that actually uh, your brother did, Neil, which I really thought was an awesome idea, is anytime, you know we were on to a new game or something like that, he would always collect character sheets. And yeah. Then yeah. he'd put them in a binder, and he always had a pre-created NPC ready just to go. Yep. And he would just be like, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. He might change the name, but the rest of it's made.
3: Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great idea. Like, Seriously? You- yeah i've i've taken that (laughs) and and done that in my own aspects even if it's just you know my own characters or a couple um characters from other parties that i had i'd hold on to them because sometimes that's the easiest information to be like oh damn they want to go about doing this and i wasn't prepared for that but i have this character that yeah.
1: is yeah, I have this, whole, <laughs> yeah. this whole binder just full of character she's ready to go yeah right? that's why no, i, I want to was... mess with this wizard okay okay
3: yeah because right. <laughs> some people you know they like to tear up a character sheet after a character's death and i i just never liked that yeah. yeah i might not use that character as a as a playing character because they're already through their story is told but we the name a little bit and that's a new NPC and Absolutely. right there or even, yeah, it might be a different campaign, but <laughs> I, I've done this several times. I have, you know, there's certain shops that appear in all of my homebrew campaigns. One of them yeah. is called potions, lotions, and all type of oceans. And it is ran <laughs> by a gnome. <laughs> yeah. The most like out of this world, gnome, like, einstein hair looking thing and he just has shops set up everywhere and pretty much just runs the whole thing and anytime my party comes in oh there's there's that npc you know what i mean and i think that's always a cool thing you know what i mean you can you can do those things just because you created an npc for one campaign and this is a whole different one doesn't mean they can't plop in that world
1: yeah Yeah, for sure why not it's interesting bringing in especially like sometimes people have played a character and then the next game that we're playing, it's like, they meet somebody who met that character. So it's an NPC with a connection to somebody and they're like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) that's always fun too. Um, yeah, there's so much that you can do with NPCs in general. So much. Yeah. Definitely do the binder idea. You can people, there's hundreds and thousands and thousands of pre-made character sheets on the internet. He'll print out like a dozen or two of them and just just put them in, a in there and, and, yeah. yeah until you get your own characters yep. <laughs> all yeah. lined yeah. up and know? also like you know anytime you move on to a different game collect those sheets also another thing is like have them in different level tiers too because that'll help too especially mm-hmm. if it's like oh well uh this character is a say it's D D. this character is a wizard party's level seven so i'll throw a level five wizard at him you know because they're deciding to fight this guy all of a sudden or yeah you know or maybe i just need to know what to roll so i'll use yeah. this character because it's right here boom done yep and that's it
3: and that's the beauty of it yep. npcs gotta love them
1: all right well so i think that about rounds it up for npcs this time thanks for listening to tabletop totality and we'll catch you next time